It's time for Inside the MFL, the official sports talk radio show of the Minor Football League. It's football, baby! Football fans, this show is for you, as the show brings you the most up-to-date information from the league's franchises across the country. Let's get it going now! It's time to get Inside the MFL with your hosts, Dr. Richard Miles Sr. and Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Hello and welcome into a new edition of Inside the MFL, your official sports talk radio show of the Minor Football League, headquartered right here in our beautiful nation's capital of Washington, D.C. Each week, Inside the MFL brings you the latest news happening in and around the Minor Football League. We get player updates, we get perspectives from general managers and head coaches, and of course, get to talk to the boss man, none other than the host of the show, Dr. Richard D. Miles Sr. Dr. Miles, how are you this beautiful Saturday in April? Yeah, it's, it's April. This weather, we don't know what it's going to do. Rain, it's sunshine, it ain't got cold yet. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, what month is this? You know I what know, I mean? Crazy weather. It's dreary. Really it feel like October, February. That's what this <laughs> weather like. But, you know, the MFL is the laboratory of change. And, you know, meaning we want to bring former players from the field to the front office. So we're excited about that. We're getting a lot of calls from a lot of players and stuff. We're excited about stuff. I had I had a young man to call today, uh, Kelsey. That's um, great. And he said something so profound today. He said that the Lord told him that he was going to get, uh, he was going to call the minor football league. They was going to sign him to a contract. He, everything that I said to him, he said, I don't mean no harm, Dr. Miles, but this was almost ordained. And I'm like, wow. what? He said, everything you said to me per beta, it was said this was going to happen for me. He said, so he's left, he's living in Virginia and stuff, so he's coming uh, uh, you know, uh, next week, and we're gonna talk to him about uh, about the minor football league and stuff. And he is very excited about it. So that's um, amazing. Uh, it just goes to show you that it's a need for the minor football right. league. And he had a purpose to be here. And it's Absolutely. great that his purpose brought him here. Now he'll be spending the 2022 league season with us here in the minor football league. Absolutely. And as you know, we had a couple of trying years, but we're going this year and. And I'm excited about it. I know you're excited about it. Every week I come on, I'm congratulating you about something. <laughs> you're always getting some kind of accolades and, you know, congratulations. But we had someone on the show, you know, we have our GM from down there in Georgia, the Georgia Warriors, you know. Uh, and, and I call and I and I call him, you know, he's he's a chaplain, but I but I call him Dr. Mr. Chuck. Dr. Chuck Barlow, you yes, know, yes, I yes. give him this because, you know, he'd be soon getting his doctorate, too. So Very I just want to say absolutely. Uh, how you doing today? All is well. All is well. I think um, all of us have been looking at this weather. It felt like we were <laughs> having to uh, use a boat to get get here wow. uh, to D.C. <laughs> uh, for this Saturday uh, show. But, you know, we, we here and safe and sound. Uh, glad to be in the nation's capital, uh, continue to build on the legacy of the MFL and celebrating the 30 years of legacy. Yeah. Being able to put together the next generation. So uh, I'm excited about everything that's happening uh, with the minor football league and the fact that things are opening up. we got to continue to stay safe, but it's going to give guys and, and young ladies an opportunity to participate in something that, the opportunity they've never been given before. Uh, a lot of people think that it's the MFL is like something else, but it's not. It's, that's why they call it the MFL, the Minor Football League. And so 
We're excited about the 22 season uh, kicking off June the 4th all around the country. And uh, we're ready to go. Georgia Warriors. Yeah, they're ready to go in Georgia, Dr. Miles. And, you know, Chuck touched on so many great points. And, of course, Chuck leads our Georgia Warriors franchise. But, you know, often imitated, never duplicated. Absolutely. The Minor Football League is here to stay. And as he said, celebrating three decades of excellence with integrity, excellence in all that we do, Dr. Miles. I know that means a lot to you. Absolutely, it does. And, you know, I'm a little mad with you, uh, Mr. Uh, Barlow, because I did want to uh, get a chance to get in that that new uh, RV you got. Don't think I forgot. I'm expecting to get in there, put my feet up and relax on one of them. <laughs> I know them couches that you got on there, you know? But well, you, you know, you know, it's all about, you know, the MF, one thing that you taught me when you uh, introduced me and invited me to be a part of MFL is we got to take this thing from the field to the front office. Absolutely. We have to be able to get into the community. And sometimes, you know, visibility makes a big difference. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it does. And, and Mr. Balo and his and his wife, uh, really, really great, powerful people of God. I mean, when we had the uh, community stuff, they would come up, they participated in it. You know, uh, good thing Mr. Balo was hitting them shots because my legs was gone. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why y'all talked me into playing in that community basketball game, Mr. Balo. But you know, we got out there, we we came there, people were glad to see us. But what I'm more excited about is all the great things you're doing and I want you to tell MFL Nation but also I do want you to uh, introduce you to the school down there and down in Richmond because we give them, they're giving these young men an opportunity to go to school and get their degree so I'm excited about that but also tell MFL Nation all the things you've been doing down there you have donated all that money down there I mean uh, this, this, this man is like I, you know, I, I can be his father, not trying to take his father's place, but he's more more like a son and a business uh, partner than anything else because he's about business. And I love all the things that he's doing in the community. So let me just let you uh, just fill MFL Nation in on all the things that you've been doing down there thus far. You're doing a lot of great things. Well, I think it goes along with the motto of the MFL, Laboratory of Change. Uh, you know, all I'm doing is just the work that God is allowing me to do. Uh, it's not me. It's the, it's, it's the partners that I have. It's the board members that I have with the nonprofit work that we're doing. And we realize that DJJ, which is the Department of Juvenile Justice, uh, they have a school system. And we got to support our young people at all walks and all uh, stop signs at all crossroads, right? I think that Many of us would just by the grace of God and by somebody stepping in and a mentor being here and there that we are able to be here today to have this conversation right. and share. And so I just know that if all of us could take some time to give back just an hour, not not giving your whole life, just an hour of your time a week would, would, can make a major difference in our communities and also in your own life. I found that, you know, when I'm giving back, it's not that you're actually giving something, you actually are receiving as well. And I think it's important for us to look at uh, not just the older generation of people out here doing the work, but intergenerational. I mean, it's young people, five, seven years old, who have a passion for doing this work. And so we got to just continue to create opportunities, you know, to be there and listen uh, so that we can, so that the community and, and those who are maybe on the downside understand that there's somebody who loves them out there, you know, and that's, that's why I'm here because people have given me that same opportunity. 
Absolutely. And, and, and I, I can absolutely agree with that because I myself, uh, I was one of those so-called at-risk youth. And if I get, if they had people that take an interest in me, who knows where I might, uh, the direction I might have taken. So uh, I, I'm just excited about you and God bless you and your family. You do a lot of things. And, you know, we, 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 you know, I'm always sending you pictures when the guys sign. You always try to grab them big guys, all them big guys you got down there. You should be ashamed of yourself, uh, Mr. GM. But uh, I, I'd send you the guy down there and you, you, you start laughing. But tell us about some of the young men that you, that you got so far. Well, we got a couple of guys who are serious about playing. Now, that's what I like about what's going on with the MFL right now. We, we want to give young men 18 to 31 an opportunity to, to get back on the field, get some film, and go to school. You talked about the opportunity in Richmond where uh, since the league has been around, you all have been able to send people uh, back to school. And that's the difference between the MFL and semi-pro. A lot of guys who are playing semi-pro, they don't have an aspiration of getting an education. Many of them just want to play, and nothing wrong with that. But the difference between that and the minor football league is we're saying, okay, uh, since the pandemic, many of these young people, if you weren't a four or five star athlete, you didn't get a scholarship. True. So we don't want those guys to go back home and sit around and get in trouble waiting on something to come to them, but continue to be active. And it may, it may not be that you get a shot to even go and play college football, but you may get another opportunity or something that you're passionate about. But if we don't give them an opportunity to live their dreams, uh, who knows what can happen? And I know that somebody gave me an opportunity. I played college football at Morris Brown College on full scholarship, uh, where I was able to even get an academic scholarship and wow. SJ vice president. So I understand that when somebody will give you an opportunity, you can you can succeed. You can be very successful. But it's always important for the reach back. And I think that's what the minor football league is about. As you talked about earlier, about a lot of the alumni players coming back sending you pictures, talking about what they're doing. Matter of fact, I got a, meet, got a chance to meet one during the game. And it wasn't necessarily that I was prepared to play a game of basketball, but anytime I see people doing things in the community and we want to show the young people that we can be competitive and also uh, show sportsmanship, I'm all for that. Absolutely. And uh, Miss Nelson, uh, I should say Miss Award-winning uh, Miss Kelsey <laughs> Nelson, every time you uh, turn around, you're getting yeah, some accolades and, 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 and definitely well-deserved, I must say. Thank you. No, and I think Chuck touched on so many important points. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, we stand on the shoulders of giants to whom much is given, much is required. And I think that's exactly what the Minor Football League is doing in these communities. It's not just about bringing football to these communities. It's about bringing jobs, economic development, and experience for mm -hmm. people, affordable entertainment. So you get all these different aspects. It truly makes a community. And this is why we say the Minor Football League is family and that this family is part of each and every community that we touch down. In. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why we are the laboratory of change and giving these young people an opportunity to go to school. I mean, I, I helped this this coach, uh, believe it or not, um, Mr. Barlow, I helped him years ago when the first franchise was the Washington Chiefs. And he asked me, I'm getting ready to start a program, football program at this college. Do you have any kids with eligibility? I said, of course, I have a lot of them. He said, they come here, we will give them scholarship and put that, put that a school on the map, Mr. Uh, Barlow. So now he's a president at, at another school down there in Richmond. He said, okay, uh, and I will be, you know, giving you that uh, shortly. 
Uh, he said that, you know, what can I do to help the MFL? He said these kids can come here and play and we'll make sure that they get their degrees. And, you know, that speak volume right there uh, 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 when it comes to that, Mr. Ballo. Yeah, I think that's very critical. When you talk about being able to use your passion to pay your way, I mean, that's what I did. You know, I wanted to play college football. That was a dream. And a lot of people didn't believe in my dream. And that's why I tell people, don't worry about it. Nobody else believes in your dream. That's you right. need to believe in your dream and put it in the work so that you can make sure that it's not just a, a thought or something that crossed your mind. But many of the things that uh, are given to us in vision or in conversation, God actually will will, will make it happen. Uh, I could tell that same story about the nonprofit we started. One day somebody heard what I was talking about, and they say, you know, you know what, you need to do that. And 12 years later, here we are, giving seed back, seeds back to the other communities. And I think that's what's, what's important about even what Kelsey said about standing on the shoulder of giants. I heard somebody add a piece to that quote and said, make sure you give them credit. <laughs> yes, yes, it's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I think and this is what the minor football league really prides itself on is, again, giving folks an opportunity and an opportunity is what people want. This is why we're having this whole conversation around the Brian Flores suit with the National Football League is that essentially he's saying all he wanted was an opportunity to be in head coach again after being questionably fired from his previous employer. And I think, you know, Brian Flores resonates with so many people, especially people of color who've known they've been in rooms and interviews and places where they feel like they're just checking a diversity box as they feel like they really weren't even giving a fair chance or opportunity because the person felt like they knew who was in mind. And so what Dr. Miles has done with the Minor Football League, making sure that he prioritizes the hiring and advancements of colored people, of black people, of minority people. And I went back to colored people because, you know, I was thinking of the NAACP, Dr. Miles, you know, what initially started, you know, for the national advancement of colored people. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I think you've taken that and you've obviously put it into the sports field and realm and really making sure that we create a pipeline, which is what it's all about, a pipeline of opportunity for people to achieve the dream that Chuck said that they want to do, but they're just having trouble maybe finding um, different roads keep running into detours as they try to reach their dreams. Absolutely. And, and also, earlier this week, I know you was on a, a panel with, uh, and, and I'll let you go into that a little uh, in a minute to tell us about it, because they are making some stride, but not fast enough, I'm going to say. I'm just going to be that critical individual, you know, uh, Chuck, and I'm just going to say, uh, I, I don't think, but it, what bothers me, uh, Chuck and, and Kelsey, we are the laboratory of change. We want to bring former players from the field to the front office. You know, we want to give that opportunity. We offer these young men an opportunity to, like we say, be on the field because you're not going to play this game forever. If we can get a way to get these young men an opportunity to go to college, then I, I say that speak volume for the MFL and all the things that we're trying to do. And uh, I, I wanted to also ask you, Mr. Ballo, uh, the kid, Max Fadden, that, that played with Tampa Bay that you signed, that you have, uh, I'd like to get him on the show again as well, you know. And that's a prime example. This young man, tell him about this young man. Because, uh, you know, we had him on the show before. This is a dynamic young man. And he really have a lot of respect for you and stuff. And, I mean, uh, tell MFL uh, Nation about this young man, individual. Yeah, Camario uh, McFadden, um, HBCU graduate, and we all know. I'll touch on that in a little bit, but uh, he's a South Carolina State graduate. But I've been knowing Kamario since ninth grade. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he was training with me. Uh, and I mean, he was an exceptional athlete. Um, his senior year, he had several, his junior year, he had several offers to big schools. But his senior year, he tore his hip flexor. Wow. Which is an injury that is very, very hard. He either tore it or strained it. it just, he missed some very key games. And so he uh, he went to uh, Atlanta Prep Preparatory Academy, uh, spent three or four mm-hmm. years there. And I had a conversation with him about, you know, your, t- your clock is ticking. You need to make some decisions. And so uh, he had an opportunity where the coach from South Carolina saw what he was doing and, and invited him to come up and play. Uh, and he went up there and and, and, and took it by storm. Um, he had a trip. He he went down to Alabama, tried out Alabama and them in a couple of schools, but he felt like uh, South Carolina was the best fit for him. But uh, ended up making, um, you know, taking his, helping his team be co-MEAC uh, champions. As a matter of fact, before they started the Celebration Bowl, he played in the last, what was that, HBCU Classic, that a MEAC and SWAT game. He played in that last game before they changed it over uh, to help South Carolina State be co MEAC champs along with North Carolina State uh, with that 2013, I think it was. But the guy was so, I mean, he was really so down to earth when he was on the show and, and he was really, uh, I mean, to think of someone like him had an opportunity to, to uh, play in that next level and come in here and, and want to be a part of what the MFL doing. I mean, I, I'm just... I, I just say a very articulate young man. I, I, I like that. I hopefully when he uh, played uh, uh, and he want to join the coaches ranks, we, we definitely will want him give him an opportunity along with other people. Uh, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, but I'm just excited about the other things you're doing in the community. I I notice you, you you're getting to be like Kelsey now. You're always getting awards and always doing these things, <laughs> and deservedly. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I noticed y'all. You know, we put it up. Uh, y'all made a donation to the uh, what you tell MFL Nation exactly what that was. Yeah, we uh, made a ten thousand uh, dollar donation to uh, Georgia Department of Juvenile Justice to support their reentry services. Right. And what people don't know about juvenile justice is not criminal justice. Juvenile justice, they are under the care to be able to make sure that our young people uh, get that uh, support that they need to be able to be contributing citizens. And so they are in Georgia. uh, They have a school called GPA, Georgia Preparatory Academy, which is the 181st school district. And so how do we make sure all of our young people get supported? Like if we can have some some activities and uh, supports for them and their families uh, before they get out, because it's all about ecosystem, you know, and that's what the MFL is all about. It's, we're trying to make sure that we connect the dots and bring in partners and community associations and other individuals in the community who understand the value of mentorship uh, and coaching and giving our young people second chances, third chances, because in some communities, they get a whole lot more than that. Uh, but we got to make sure that we do our part. And I'm I'm here uh, as a general manager and also serving as a commissioner of the Southeast region to make sure that I'm not just looking out for Georgia and not just the Southeast region, but the entire minor football league. Absolutely. And ever since you've been here, you've been doing a great job. And and a lot of people can't say enough nice things about you. And I noticed down there, uh, we met a, a gentleman when we did that walking award. I know you missed it. I know you wanted to be up here. But he was down there in, in Georgia. And he said, well, who you had? Do you have a franchise down there? I'd like to talk with you about. 
I said, yeah, we have uh, uh, Mr. Um, Chuck Ballo down there. And then when I introduce you two guys, and I don't know how that's going, but I, I think that he really uh, wanted to be a part of what the MFL doing, especially the Georgia Warriors. He made that clear, you know. He's yeah. about uh, down there in Atlanta. Uh, and like I say, you're doing a lot of great things. And up here, uh, we've been talking to a lot of different players and players been coming um, and, and and like I said, we're going to go this year. Everybody's been waiting. They're going to see it. You know what I mean, uh, Mr. Barlow? They're going to see it, and we're excited about it. Also, um, I want to encounter earlier this week, you was on a, a panel. Tell MFL Nation about that because that was very critical thinking and some of the things that uh, y'all was talking about, even the Flores thing and, and you know, just uh, black coaches and journalism as yourself. You could speak on that as well, right? Yeah, no, I'm glad that we're having this conversation. It's important and timely conversation. I do want to shout out Mr. Trick Barlow and the Georgia Warriors organization again for that tremendous donation. It's going to make sure that we continue to invest um, and make sure that we make a difference in the lives of our young people. But yes, this week I had a chance to visit the University of Texas where they're playing the long game conference. Um, got on a panel that Jim Rooney put together. And just for folks' knowledge, Jim Rooney is one of the sons of Dan Rooney. And of course, Dan Rooney is who the Rooney rule is named after because of the changes he made specifically within the Steelers organization when it came to minority hiring. And, you know, Jim Rooney is the younger um, of the sons of the Rooney family. And so he obviously he helps to run this Dillard's organization, but also he's been a true advocate for really trying to be, and he put it out there, you know, a white man that's really trying to understand right. what he can do in society to get it right when it comes to diversity. And so it's great to be on that panel. Uh, Carrie Davis was on the panel as well. Of course, it's Howard University as an athletic director. Um, we had Jeremy DeRuji, who is a law professor at American University School of Law. So these people represented well um, on that panel, rightfully so, because lots of decisions are made here in D.C. But we talked about how do we how do we get past it? And we've had revisions to the Rooney Rule, which now, of course, require about two people to get at least two minority candidates, not just one, but two people uh, from minority backgrounds to get interviewed. And also we've had the addition of women being included in the Rooney Rule adjustments um, and making sure that these people get interviewed for jobs on the offensive side of the ball, which is huge because usually the offensive side of the football is the pipeline to get you to being a head coach. Uh -huh. um, and so I think it was a real conversation and just trying again how to figure, figure out how the NFL can hopefully get diversity right when they rely on the diversity of its players to have success and they keep having success because each year the NFL is breaking its profit margins because it keeps growing um, as sport. So again, it was great to be on that, give my insight as a black woman sports journalist, um, what it's been like covering the league, but also on the other end of things, talking about the diversity that's also needed within sports media. And I know right. Dr. Miles, you have two say. great young interns right. this year um, working with the league from Boise State University, making sure that you're giving HBCU students from so students from historically black colleges and universities an opportunity to get hands-on shadowing experience working with the professional football league. Absolutely. And you yourself, even with you, the playing field is not level when it comes to uh, journalists, you know, that looks like you. I mean, what is your take with, on that? Yeah, like you said, I mean, unfortunately, in so many industries, not even just journalism, I'm sure many people have their own stories about how, you know, the playing field has not been leveled. And, you know, that's why early on I learned from my parents, you know, I was going to have to be the best at stuff and work six times as hard as everybody else for the fact that I was a Black woman 
um, in America. And, you know, it's like we see progress, but we also still see the battles, you know, that we're facing. You think even about the pay gap that women uh, have against men. And so, you know, white women get paid about 20 cents less, 30 cents less on the dollar. Well, black women, it's even less than that, getting paid about 60 cents for every dollar that a white male counterpart is making. And this is for the same work. Um, that's being done. So, you know, we continue to fight these battles in journalism and so many more. Um, but, you know, that's why shows like this are important to make sure we continue to amplify these voices. And that's what's so important about the thing that you're doing, Mr. Barlow. Let me, I know you want to jump in on that. What do you think about uh, the Rooney Rule? You always knew my thoughts on that, but are the changes being made fast enough? Well, I think we have to realize who is funding these operations. I think when you realize that as the consumer has rights to where they spend their funds, and I think that's where it starts. It doesn't really start with those who have already created a business. When you start your business, uh, most of us don't start a business based on everything somebody else wants. We may design a few things, but I think the way that you spend your money will make people historically has shown that right? right? when uh, things haven't worked out the way you want it to, when you don't spend your money in those places, things change. So mm-hmm. I think we have to change our behaviors in order to change our mindsets as well. We can't just ask other people to do things and we continue to do the same things. Why should they change? Uh, so I think one, one is we have to be more prepared about what it is that we want to do. We have to create other pipelines. There's just like it's not enough space for players, it's not enough space for coaches to get that training, uh, to be able to right. get those opportunities. Uh, just like um, you know, we, we talked about the HBCU combine. I mean, I don't think it should be an HBCU combine. Right. I think it should be a combine, and they right. invite HBCU players to it, just like they would do any other player that meets the criteria. Because what happens is, in the last two years, have predicted it. Only one player has been chosen in the last three years in a draft. And I know prior to this, uh, there has been years where there has been an NFL team that has had at least one uh, HBCU player. And we're not asking for you to give an HBCU player a roster spot. We don't want want people to give anything. We want all guys to earn their spots. But, however, we know that there are a lot more alumni of these other uh, institutions that work in these uh, corporate co- corporations or nonprofit organizations, uh, uh, sports teams that decide who they want to bring in. And I think, yes, you should have a preference, but at the same time, I think there are some who would advocate, but they also fear that they may get retaliation as well. So I think we just got to do a lot more education and, and talking amongst each other about, you know, what, what things we have in common and not so much on our differences because our goal is to be at some common ground somewhere. And I think we can still create win-win opportunities, but we have to take a a, a, sep- a different position. Like you don't get things by begging. You have to be able to demand them in different ways. And I think we all uh, have learned this since the pandemic that we got to do things differently. And so how do we do that? I think, number one, we sit down and, and try to create some win-win opportunities to show the value. Uh, of these, uh, of how this can work uh, for everyone. Absolutely. And I tell people all the time, we as people of color, we are the biggest consumers in America. We have nothing to show for it, Mr. Barlow. You know, and, and that, that, that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And for a long time, I was telling people, you know, we need to understand 
And and we need to get off. The, you know, we're not anti anything. And and I always want to correct people. And I tell them this is not the Negro League, but I also want to understand we're not anti anything. But as soon as you start speaking up for people of color, all of a sudden we anti something. You know, and and that's not the case at all. I just it's time for black people to understand what generational wealth is. It's time for us to understand economic development, something that's been passed passing back people uh, um, from generation to generation. We got these young millennials coming out of these schools and, and HBCUs as well. But they have to understand giving support to the HBCUs. You know, I had not had that privilege and honor to go to the HBCU, but it's just like um, anything else. As you know, we, we're making the move to Africa, but they seem to be more... Um, uh, unified when it comes to us uh, dealing with them than we are in our own country, and and that's and that's a shame, Mr. Barlow. Well, I think we we have, we can't be distracted. We've been distracted for fifty plus years, for whatever reason, uh, because I know and, and Kelsey understands this too. Is that in our generation, what we've seen is that a lot of things that should have been done have been passed on to the next generation, next generation. I think we got to get to a point where each generation has this set of things that they need to take care of so that that generation can actually focus on building. If you're always trying to survive, how can you thrive? So I think, you know, we all have to realize that we all have a responsibility to complete some things and to leave some blueprints so the next generation won't have to keep starting over. Exactly. It's leaving it better for the people coming behind you. And remember that you always will have people coming behind you. And we always want to leave this world a better place. General Manager Absolutely. of the Georgia Warriors, Chuck Barlow Jr., soon to be Dr. Chuck Barlow Jr., joining us now on this live edition of Inside the MFL. We want to thank you all for tuning in and make sure you can keep up the conversation with us. Of course, we'll see you all next Saturday at 11. But follow us on social media at MFL on Facebook. We're on Instagram at Experience the MFL on Twitter at MFL Experience. Check us out on LinkedIn, Minor Football League, and also on YouTube, Minor Football League Incorporated. Also on Twitch, Minor Football League. Basically, get your league news any and everywhere. And of course, make sure you follow our website, www.mflishere.com. If you have questions, email us at experiencethemfl at gmail.com and give us a call at 240-551-8031 and be connected with a league representative. On behalf of the Minor Football League front office, I'm Kelsey Nicole Nelson. He's Dr. Richard D. Miles Sr. And once again, Chuck Barlow Jr. of the Georgia Warriors joining us ahead at the start of the 2022 season. Always remember to keep inside the what, Dr. Miles? The MFL. The MFL. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Inside the MFL, the official sports talk radio show of the Minor Football League with your hosts, Dr. Richard Miles Sr. and Kelsey Nicole Nelson. For more information, visit MFLisHere.com or the MFL page under programs at DCRadio.gov. Experience the MFL. How can we experience the MFL? The Minor Football League. Here's information on how you can experience the MFL. The Minor Football League was established in 1993 by founder and CEO Dr. Richard D. Miles Sr., a league created for the people and by the people. To learn more on how you can experience the MFL with the MFL team in your area, visit experiencethemfl.com or go to the MFL is here. The MFL. 
the laboratory of change. Copyright MFL. No portion of this audio may be reproduced or re-recorded without the written permission from the Minor Football League. Visit experiencethemfl.com. This is a Mad Voice production.